Welcome to Yes, I Can Living. I'm your host, Kathy Alessandra, and each week I'll be interviewing inspiring women who think outside the box, color outside the lines, and live beyond the limits of their fears. We'll cover it all from health and wealth to life, love, and business, infusing faith in all aspects of success. Are you ready to live all in and play full out? Well, then let's get started so you can be inspired to live your best Yes, I Can life. Hey, everybody, it's Kathy Alessandra, your Yes, I Can coach. And this week's episode of Yes, I Can Living is featuring Tish Times. Now, I'm going to read her bio in a second, but Tish and I go way back. I'm not even sure how far back we go. I mean, it was certainly the other magazine, and I'm, I'm guessing it's got to be at least 10 years. Yeah. So Tish Times is the founder of the Tish Times Sales Agency. For over 10 years, Tish has been empowering businesses and entrepreneurs to create revenue-generating business connections, shorten the sales cycle, and close sales with ease. Tish and her team help skyrocket revenue for companies with a done-for-you sales solution. Uh, She's an expert at helping companies to attract more leads, maintain a full pipeline, and convert more prospects to clients. Her books include Networking is Not a One-Night Stand, isn't that the truth? (laughs) <laughs> the Unstoppable Confidence Networking Playbook, and the Networking and Sales Planner. She is the founder of Profit Makers University, a business school that teaches a sy- systematic, sincere, and effective approach to networking and sales to produce lucrative bottom line results. So Tish, welcome to today's interview. Excited to have you here. I'm excited too. I was like, yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> yes, it's got I mean, we're probably going on 10, somewhere between 10 and 12 years, I'm thinking. Yeah, easy. Something like that. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> so I know who you are and what you do, but why don't you share with your list, share with our listeners, why did you start your business? Tell me a little bit about that. Well, I, you know, it's funny. Someone had asked me this question a while back and I was remembering how when I had my very first professional interview, I used to be in the staffing world. And um, I remember sitting at this interview and them saying, where do you see yourself in 10 years? And my little fresh, <laughs> fresh out the, you know, college room, if you will, you know, I said, you know, one day I'm going to own a business. And they were like, oh, really? You know, what kind of business do you want to own? And I was like, I don't know. I just know I, I know that I'm supposed to, to run a business. And sure enough, probably about 10 years after that, you know, long story short, I found myself starting my own staffing company. And that was my first toe dip into entrepreneurship and have obviously morphed into different types of businesses since then. But the, the, one of the primary reasons I run this business now, really helping people to sell more effectively, to shorten those sales cycles. Um, you know, I grew up with very low self-esteem. And I know what it's like to have something powerful to offer, but not really know how to communicate it clearly. And I find that when I meet entrepreneurs, I mean, they're normally just brilliant, amazing. And when they have those sales conversations, they don't sound that way. They don't feel brilliant. They don't sound powerful or confident. And many times they lose money because they don't see themselves as a powerful, um, brilliant business owner. And um, one of my primary goals is to help people to present that way, whether it's teaching them how to do it or doing it on their behalf so that they can live the life that they want to live through their business. I love that. You know, you're so right. That whole confidence piece, right? I mean, how you show up, how you're um, selling yourself what you're saying. And I think so many of us tend to um, take a step back when you start talking about making, you know, closing the sale or making the sale and, and, um, you know, it's unfortunate we're doing ourselves an injustice, but we're all in the, we're all in the industry of sales. 
And so yeah, whether we want to believe it or not, it doesn't matter what you call yourself, you're in sales. Right, right. If you're a business for you yourself, kids, you're in sales. You're well, in this, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good point. You gotta figure out how to sell bedtime sometimes. <laughs> well, and you know what? That that is a lot easier than selling the ten thousand dollar program or the five thousand dollar program or whatever, right? I mean, absolutely, I love it. And I think when we first met, because I know the the books that you've got, the networking books. I think you were um you were also big in the whole networking and really teaching people, which again is another confidence thing. Yeah. Stepping into a room and not knowing anybody and being willing to walk in and introduce yourself. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think a lot of people struggle with that. And I say that networking is the entry point to sales. So you never, most people don't get to the sale because they've never built a relationship, which means they've never, you know, had that powerful introduction. They've never made people feel like, hmm, I want to know more. And so that for me is, is huge. And if we don't have the confidence to make the introduction to clearly and concisely express who we are and what we do, we generally don't get to the point of being able to make that sale. Right. I love that. So would you be willing to share maybe a tip or two for, you know, building confidence when you talk about selling yourself or that sales process and what, what somebody could think about or do? Yeah. So my tips are going to be very different than the average sales professional because I just come from a different background. And for me, faith is such a huge component. Um, I, as I said earlier, I really struggle with my confidence. I struggle with my confidence into my mid-20s, not even early mid-20s. And, um, you know, I had to really learn who I am at the core. I had to get really assured, really secure in that I have something amazing to offer that is, is and it may even sound a little conceited to say it this way, but I'm going to say it because I think that people need to understand it. I have to believe that people's lives are made better because of what I do. And when I began to believe that then I was able to have those more clear conversations. Then I was able to introduce myself to strangers in a big room. And then I was able to believe that not only should they, but I, I really believe that I have an obligation to present it. And I really believe that they should take it because it can change the way that they do business. It can change their lives in some cases. So I've taken time to do, I call them my I am statements. Other people would call them affirmations. Um, and they've made a huge difference for me because the more I said them at the beginning, it was like, I'm confident. I don't believe it, but I'm going to keep saying it. <laughs> but, you know, believe it or not, Kathy, over time, that confidence began to build for me. Again, everybody else may not feel this way. And again, you're probably not going to hear this on a lot of stages or a lot of sales conferences, but I believed I had to get to the core of, okay, what does God say about who I am? And when I began to understand, wait a minute. He said that I am fearfully and wonderfully made and I'm up here acting like I can't even put three words together. I have to begin to change my mindset around who I am. And so understanding what God says about me, starting to declare things for myself was a huge part of me increasing my confidence and then making that a daily practice. It wasn't something I could do once a week or once a month. It has to be every single day. And, um, and it's still something that I practice on a regular basis. Right. You know, you mentioned faith and, and, you know, that's a, a big component for me too. And I think it's interesting. And I think a lot of times people don't talk about faith in the business world, right. right. Uh, and particularly it, corporate, but entrepreneurship as well and what that looks like. And so, 
you know, can you share a little bit about your faith journey with us? And, you know, you, you said really believing what God's plan is for you and listening to that and then having that confidence built because of that. How did you get to that point? God, there, there, there's probably way more story than there is time. So I'm going to <laughs> find some chunks that I can pull out of it. Right. But, you know, you know, kind of putting that, that parallel with, with business and faith. You know, I knew, as I said, I didn't know at that point that God was telling me you're destined for this. This is something that I'm calling you to. When I said in that interview and said, one day I'm going to be a business owner, but I, I did realize that over time. And, you know, for me, it was like the fear of, well, wait a minute, you mean I have to produce income on my own? I have to hire people. I have to figure this all out. It was, it was scary. Yeah. And in my first business, there were major ups and downs where, it was like, yes, I believe. Oh God, no, I don't believe. I don't, <laughs> I don't see it. How we're gonna make payroll? All of those things, and had a major. You know, 2008 was hard for pretty much everyone. It was really hard for me in that first business, and it was the year I ended up closing my first staffing company. And it was also the greatest lesson of faith I've ever gotten. And it kind of was like my my launch pad, if you will, into really learning how to believe God. And um, you know, closing it, losing everything everything, you know, um, I was so glad my kids were away at school only because then I didn't have to worry about where we're going to, where they were going to sleep. Cause we literally lost everything during that time. But I learned during that time, how to trust God and how to get back. Now it wasn't an overnight thing. It took me quite a while, probably a six month journey of me crying and, you know, being mad at God and being in shame and all of those other things. But through that process, it was like really learning, okay, this is what he's called me to. And I, and my fear would not allow me to go back into business for myself for quite some time. It was two years before I started my next business. And I went in, you know, took a job. I already knew staffing. I was good at it. So I took a job with another staffing company. And every day I went in an office, I sat at my desk and it was a big, beautiful office. I was the area manager, sat in this office and I could hear God say, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? This is not what I called you to do. And I would be like, blah, blah, blah. I don't hear you. <laughs> But believe it or not, you know, and I, again, I, I knew it was him. I, two years in my leader called and said, Hey, we're making some changes. And, you know, basically your services are no longer needed. And I literally looked up and I was like, really, <laughs> we had to go there. But it was that day that I, st I started the business. The day I lost my position, I started this business and I've been moving for full forward ever since. Yes, there's still ups and downs, but as far as the business is concerned, I'm like, I can't do this without him. He literally is my CEO. I have to lean on him to get the blueprint um, and the business plan and everything. And when I do stray off on my own, because I do, I'm human, I definitely find myself trying to make my own plans and figure things out on my own. Right. Very quickly, I realized mm -mm, I can't do it without him. I have to go back, get on my knees, figure out what he's saying, and then I can move forward with it. And that's been that's been my walk. Um, again, very, very, very sh long story short, but it's a constant, um, it's a relationship that I will not, will not live without. I absolutely need, need God for everything that I do. I love that. You know, I, I, it's interesting too, the story about how, you know, you were in that for two years, right? And you were just kind of sitting in it and doing the job in a corporate, even though you knew you were being called someplace else. And I think sometimes um, in, in my experience, God has closed the door forced forced my hand right to have to do that next thing and uh, never fun but <laughs> yeah, not at all <laughs> purpose there's a reason there's a purpose so clearly you've talked about some of your challenges um challenges you know that you've had on this but how have you are there others that 
you know, I know there are other challenges life and business-wise that you've had to go through and how have you, you know, moved through those? Good gracious. There's, there's so many, um, you know, when we think about life, we were very happy in Texas. We were, my husband and I, my, my boys at the time, um, very, very happy in Texas going right along. My business was doing great there. And we got a call to start a ministry in Phoenix. And it was like, okay, now mind you, this was a call that was ongoing. We knew we were coming to Phoenix. We were kind of waiting. Okay, God, when you open the door, when you show us exactly what to do, then we'll move. And <laughs> we know that's not how God works. So, right. you know, we really got that strong push to move in like 2014, I think it was 20, yeah, 2013 for us to move in 2014. And when you say a challenge, number one, moving an entire business you know, to a city where you don't know anyone. Yeah, I, I have a national audience, but it was still, you know, having to yeah. build new relationships here and figure out the networking scene in a new community and and build a ministry. You know, that alone was hard, not knowing anyone. It's great when you have a group of people coming with you to kind of help you plan a church. It's a whole different thing when it's like you and your spouse and your son. I have my youngest son came with us. It's like, hi, I know you don't know us, but can you come to our church? You know, it was, it was, <laughs> it was challenging to say the least. And it's been now we've been here for eight years. Um, next year will be nine years. And, you know, there's still challenges, but it's like, hey, but we've learned so much. God, we've learned so much. And I wouldn't trade the journey for anything. Um, and, and of course, again, with business, those same things, it's like building what you really believe God has placed in your heart. And you're like, okay, this isn't working. Why did, you know, I, I thought I heard you. And he's like, yeah, you did. Keep up, keep at it. Don't give up, you know. And that that's the thing I've learned: tenacity. I've learned to trust in the face of when it looks like everything is falling apart. It's like continue to trust, continue to trust, and know that if you will just hold on, you'll see your breakthrough. You'll see it, and it'll be a blessing to more than just you. And that's the hard part. It's like holding on when it looks like it's not working, um, and then knowing that other people will benefit if you just hold on. There's there's so many things, Kathy, I could probably talk all day, but those are the things. That <laughs> I love that. I love that. Thank you. I appreciate the, the sharing. So let me ask you this. If there was something that um, you wish you knew when you started your business, like what would you tell your younger self now? What would be the one thing that would be? Yeah, I mean, I would think for me, it'd be get comfortable with the hard things. So I can get on the stage and talk. That's my happy place, right? Mm -hmm. I can do a sales training. I love it. I love being able to help clients kind of get new ideas and learn how to sell them and reach goals and all of that. But the back end stuff, I wasn't in love with. I didn't love the accounting. I didn't, you know, all of those things. So I would have said to myself, you know, get comfortable with those things. I don't have to know everything about it. You know, you can definitely outsource some of those things or hire your, your weaknesses, but to just not uh, not deal with it at all because you don't like doing it is not a solution. And that was something early on in the business. It was like, huh, we don't have enough money. Let's just go make some more because I could do that easy. <laughs> <laughs> go sell some more stuff. And so I had to learn, you know, the hard way. You can't just, yeah, yeah, keep selling, but you still have to manage what comes in. You still have to figure out how to do those things that you're not comfortable with. And you have to have an eye on it. Like I wouldn't send off my kid, even though I'm the teachers are experts, but I'm not just gonna like, yeah, you just take care of them. I'll just see them when they when they're grown. You know, we have to be involved. We have to have a, a clear picture of what's happening um, in the entire business. And I think early on I wasn't 
really, I didn't understand that well. And it was a hard lesson to learn. Yeah, that's a good point. Really, you know, as a CEO, even though, even if we're a one woman show for those listening, right, it's still having that global view and knowing what's going on. But then you mentioned too, I mean, I think it's important to bring in team. I think the first 10 years of my magazine business, I did not have a bookkeeper. Yeah. That was a mistake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because my area of brilliance is not numbers. But I don't want to have to. Yeah, I think that's an important one. Awesome, wonderful. So how would you define success? Hmm. You know what's funny? I have a clip. You asked me this question 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> pretty close to that. Yeah. And I have a clip of me sitting on a stage at your event answering this question. And the answer is still the same. It really is. It's being able to lay my head on my pillow at night, knowing that I've done my best, knowing that I've honored God, I've not hurt anyone in the process, and that you know people are being blessed and benefited by the work that I do. I mean, there's a, a, a larger, I'm sure, overview for many people, but for me personally, it's like, God is pleased, I'm good. That's what my, my, my definition of success is. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love that, uh, you know, and that was what Success Summit 10 years ago. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And I hadn't even thought about that until you asked, but I still have that clip on my, yeah, yeah I sure okay. do. Well, I think, you know, sometimes I think that a lot of times, actually, I think that speaks to values, right? I mean, where, where, where is our core values? And that's what's going to, I have to say, I don't think there's anybody I've ever interviewed in the hundreds of podcasts I did for today's Innovative, Innovative Woman and the 50 or so for this, nobody has ever said money. No, you know, the bottom line in the bank account. That's not the women of, yes, I can, right? No service and giving back and, and yeah, finding it in a different way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely finding it a different way. So what now um, would you say, what role does faith play in your business currently? It's still top of the line. It really is. Um, You know, and sometimes I've been guilty of letting busyness get me off of my routine. So, you know, you wake up and you have an early morning call. I have clients that are on the East Coast. So sometimes I have to get up early for a six or seven o'clock a.m. call. And, you know, before you know it, the day is halfway over and I hadn't spent time in my meditation or, you know, doing my devotion, reading my word, praying, whatever. And, you know, the funny thing is, if you let that happen once or twice before you know it, it's no longer a routine for you. Mm-hmm. And when I've let that happen, it's been like, you know, it's kind of like following the breadcrumbs back to figure out what's the problem, what's going on. It's like, aha. So now it's like, wake up first thing, even if it's 15 minutes, I always call it the first 15, even if it's 15 minutes, it's like, I need to spend some time with my father. I need to spend some time reading this word. I have to hear his directions for the day. I have to sometimes just cry before him, you know, whatever it is, but it has to be the first thing. And for me, when that's not happening, I'm out of alignment. And if I'm out of, out of alignment, my business is out of alignment. And everything else is like, it's, it's like everything else gets off after that. So faith yeah. is the preeminent thing. God is first. You know, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added. It says in Matthew 6 and, and 33. So it's like, if we don't do that first thing first, mm-hmm. then we'll find that the things that we need aren't always at it, number one. And many times it's spiritual things, it's mental and emotional stability. And then then the money starts to fall apart. And you're like, well, what's really going on? That's when we realize something's wrong. It's like, oh, things are falling apart. No, things were falling apart a long time ago. You just weren't paying attention to it. Right, right. Yeah. 
That yeah. is so true. So true. I mean, I have absolutely daily morning practice in that. And, and you're right. If we get off of that the slightest bit, it can really make a, a huge shift in how we see the world and being connected and grounded with our higher power. So, yeah, yeah. so if somebody wants to connect with you, want to find out more about what you do or that kind of stuff, where would they go to do that? They would go to tishtimes.com. And on social, I've made it very easy. I'm Tish Times on all platforms. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, all of the social platforms. Excuse me, I'm on Link, I'm on uh, at Tish Times. Love it, love it. That does make it easy. <laughs> so let me ask you a final question that I ask all our guests. Um, what makes you a yes, I can woman? Really, it is that belief in the fact that, yep, it may seem hard. Yes, it may seem far-fetched or far away, but I believe that because of the God that resides on the inside of me, I can do all things. So it's not about, I'm so educated, I'm so experienced, I have great expertise. It's about the fact that I have the greater one living on the inside of me. So yes, I can do all things. Oh, I love that. Tish, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you sharing your story. And, you know, all that goes with that, I appreciate you sharing your faith and how that is such a grounding piece and such a core piece of your business, right? So many forget about that. Um, and just for, for being here and being you. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it, Kathy. Absolutely. Absolutely. So be sure to hop on over to tishtimes.com or one of her social media platforms and connect with her directly. Otherwise, we'll be back next week with another episode of Yes, I Can Living, where you will find inspiring content and amazing women who share their story. You can also hop over to yourdailyyes.com to get a daily or weekly email or text message to give you inspiration, motivation, and hope. Until then, I hope you have a great day and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Well, that wraps up another episode of Yes, I Can Living. I hope you got just what you needed, a word of advice, a little inspiration, or the motivation to keep on keeping on. My goal is to continue to support you as you live your best life. Hop on over to yourdailyyes.com to get a weekly inspiring message. Plus, check the show notes below for other freebies. Oh, and if you like the show, will you give us that five-star review? It's appreciated. Well, until next time.